Good evening and welcome into another edition of the Stephanie Gately Show podcast here on WFUVsports.org. Good to have Mike Watts back on. DJ Sixsmith here. Coach Gately joins us on the phone today. Coach, 13-5, 3-0 in the Atlantic 10. How does that sound to you? Sounds pretty good to me. Feel pretty good about it. I mean, a lot of work left, but it's a great start. And Coach, two wins since we last talked. First, UMass, a 69-57 victory. It was pretty close to start off in that first half, but you guys in half number two really put on the pressure and separated yourselves from the minute women. Yeah, I think, you know, to be honest, I think we we retired. We had gone a long stretch without a day off, and we kind of have a really emotional win at Charlotte. So I knew there would be a little bit of a letdown, but I think the team find a way to win. I think our kids persevered in the second half. Well, and Coach, not just two more wins since we last talked, two more wins in the Rose Hill Gym. Your team 8-2 and two in the friendly confines. Tell me how it feels to, to be home for those games and how it's going to be different having to go on the road for a pair of conference matchups this week. Well, I think just the experience of Charlotte has helped us. I mean, going in on to Charlotte's you know, home, home court and you know, to kick off the season on, on our only TV game against the, you know, the preseason third-place team who beat us at home by 20, I think we gained a lot of confidence. So I don't think we fear being on the road. I think, I think the kids enjoy you know, you know, being able to kind of quiet the crowd, so to speak. So I think, I just think it gives you a great opportunity when you're on the road just to, again, gain maturity and to gain respect as a team and a program. And, Coach, you talk about maturity. How about Samantha Clark? Six blocks each of the last two games. She was having a block party, and none of the opponents knew that they were invited to it. So <laughs> just talk about her growth over these last few games. Yeah, you know, I have a tendency to be pretty hard on Sam just because I think there's a great upside with her. Um, I, I, you know, I focus on what I think she can do a better job because I think I think she has so much potential and I think it's so so untapped at this point. But I, I definitely feel she's making progress. I just think there's so much more that we can stretch her as a player into a player that I think it can be a, um, an all-conference player in the future. Speaking of players who are continuing to gain momentum, Mara Strickland, who had some trouble shooting the basketball early in the season, doesn't seem like that anymore leads the team in scoring, and gets her 1,000th career point. We talked a little bit about it during the postgame show after the Richmond game, but but tell me again what that meant to you and to her and to do it at Rose Hill Gym and, and what she's gone through to get to this point. Well, I think, you know, Mara, she's going through, you know, some adversity as a young kid, and I think she's matured a lot. And Mara and I have had conversations about that, about how far – She's coming. How much she's grown up. That when you're a young kid, you kind of always think it's somebody else's fault. And then as you get older, you realize you have to look in the mirror and realize that you, you know you are part of the blame of the problem. And I think those experiences she had at both Maryland and South Carolina, I think, put her in a situation where I think she can really, really enjoy and 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 not so much even enjoy, but really appreciate what she has at Fordham, which she is constantly reminding me how appreciative she is. And yesterday when I walked in. You know, when I walked into you know down to our locker room, I I saw her mom and dad, and I'm like, wow, you know, it would be nice if she got it today, but I, and I knew that wasn't her average, so I mean, I was going to be hard pressed for her to get it. But when I saw them there, and I saw that you know it looked like Richmond was going to be positioned to foul, and that Mar had 18, I thought you know it's going to be tough for them to make the Xavier trip. So if it's possible to set that up, we were trying to do whatever we could to, to for her to get it on the home court for her parents to there. And speaking of Mara Strickland, she joins us now on the Stephanie Gately Show podcast with Aaron Rooney. Okay, now Mara Strickland and Aaron Rooney join us. Guys, 3-0 in the A-10, undefeated, 13-5 overall. How does it feel? 
It's really exciting. I mean, we're doing really well. We're focusing on our defense. We've been communicating and, and really playing well as a team. So it's exciting so far. Yeah, it's fun. Sit in that locker room afterwards and like, oh, if we had to let that game go, it would be a whole different environment. So we're just so glad we're getting these wins. Yeah, certainly a different message from Coach Gately if you let that game go. But yesterday you got the win, Mara. 1,000 career points now for you. So how special is it? Didn't exactly wind up the way you thought it would starting at Maryland, South Carolina, now Fordham. So just give some perspective on what it feels like. I mean, it's really a blessing. Um, I couldn't have picked a, a better environment, a better school, better coach, uh, or a better group of girls to do it with. So I'm really very thankful and uh, just, just happy to be out there on the court every day. And Aaron, going into last game, obviously, you have been carrying a lot of the load offensively, but... The offensive game wasn't really there against Richmond, but you continued to play so well defensively, and you threw yourself all around the court. You you went into the press row at one point uh, over by your bench. She's but a gamer. It, exactly. It seems like you're always giving 100% effort whether the offense is there or not. Talk a little bit about how your defensive game doesn't really need to feed off your offense like it seems to be for a lot of players. Yeah, I mean, that's something that Coach talks about all the time as a team. Like, if our offense is dry, that we can always um, do what we need to do defensively. And it's something that you shouldn't really put together, like bad offense, like let that carry over to your defense. And so, I mean, especially when you're having a bad offensive game, I need to give something to the team. So I just put all that energy on the defensive end. And, I mean, last night Mara picked it up offensively. And, I mean, I'm never in doubt that someone's going to step up. So. And speaking of stepping up, how about Sam Clark? Six blocks in each of the last two games. Aaron, what's it like playing with someone with such defensive ferocity? I mean, it's great. If we get beat, like we know that Sam's back there to help us out, so it's really good to have her. Now, I look at the number of minutes that really both of you have played all season long, and the five starters all played over 35 minutes. Are you still tired today? Are you? Were you tired after the game? Did you want to play in overtime? You didn't really care? How's it feel for you guys with all those minutes? I think we're at a place right now where we're so excited and we're just so enthused during the games, after the games. We know that we have to stay mentally focused. We can't afford to be physically tired. We have to do we have to do stretching wise, drinking our water, whatever we have to do to to continue to perform at the level we're performing at. Now, you guys, as Mike mentioned, doing the majority of the heavy lifting offensively, but over the last few games, Abigail Corning's come on, Charlotte Stoddard, Ace Collins, both of you, what's it like finally getting a little bit of help to uh, ease the pain? I mean, it's just what I was talking about. Like, there's so many offensive threats that, I mean, you don't really have to think about scoring. It's like, if it comes to me, then it comes to me. If it comes to Mara on that night, it comes to Mara. Like, it's not really something that you have to be like, I need to be scoring for us to win, so... So is there really a focus on either of your parts to, to try and be a scorer at the start of the game, or do you just kind of see who ends up having the hot hand? I think I agree with Aaron. I think it's any given night we have a lot of amazing offensive threats. Ace can get hot. Abigail can get hot. And even, like you said, Charlotte can step out and start stroking some, three, some threes. So we're, we're a pretty well-rounded team offensively. We just have to make sure we maintain defensively. Now, Mara, your team struggled a little bit offensively yesterday. It was the first time in a long time that it happened. So when you have that type of game, does that make the defense even more important than it usually is, especially for someone like Coach Gately who constantly preaches it? Definitely. Definitely defense is There's is, no <laughs> offense. It's just strictly defense with this team. Exactly. And the exciting thing about us is we have the ability to hold a team to low numbers when we focus in 
on our defensive abilities. So um, when the offense isn't going, gotta gotta depend on that defense. And looking at some of the numbers from that game, free throw shooting for really both of you, you're both around 85%. Aaron, you went 2 of 2 at the line. Mara, you went 6 of 6 at the line. Tell me about the, the fundamentals, and could either of you actually make me a decent free throw shooter? <laughs> How much practice no, would that take? No? Uh, no? Mike, they've no seen tips. your game. They've seen your game. I think I think um, like Coach always says, foul shooting is a lot mental. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to work on your mental game first, <laughs> and then we'll work on the shooting form. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it may take a while to get you to the mental state. That could take the whole season. So this this could carry over. I mean, I might need to come back next year to this team. Exactly. That's gonna be the only way. Exactly. I mean, we'll see. All right, let's let's focus on basketball here. Aaron, two important games this week. First, Xavier tomorrow. Get to go on that charter plane, which. Can be nice, certainly so. Have to avoid the commercial uh, stuff that comes along with that. And then Duquesne Sunday. So just give a little bit of an explanation of what this team needs to do to remain hot over the next two games. Um, we just need to take each game as it comes. Um, the the Xavier game, I mean, they haven't had the best start, but they've been in every single game. So we can't go into that game lightly thinking we've had a good start and they haven't. Like every game is just as important as the other. So we have to go down there and take care of business and then think about the next one and do the same thing. And when you guys are on a six-game winning streak and Xavier is at the opposite end of the spectrum, they're on a five-game losing skid right now, is it easy to maybe think a little bit about that and think that you're doing very well and they're not? Does that even enter into your mind? It can't because the fact that they've lost these games, they're coming in hungry. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure we go in there and – be the more hungry team and obviously going on the road has its challenges so what is the most important thing in staying focused and making sure you do all the little things you need to to win a game where you may not be playing your best basketball away from home i mean just jump at it whoever whoever wants it aaron come on i know i know I don't really get the question here. Yeah, no, right, that's fine. Really... It was it wasn't a great question, I guess. <laughs> so what I was saying was, when you're not playing your best basketball, especially on the road, it can be difficult. So what needs to happen to win a type of game like the one that happened on Sunday? I mean, we just have to lock down defensively. Um, like you said, no offense. Like we really just need to take care of the defensive end. And I mean, if our shots dropped, if they dropped last night, then it could have been like a 20-point game. But, I mean, that's not really in our hands. Like, So we just need to keep our defensive game going, and then hopefully our offense will just come off of that. Well, and obviously the team has done very well in the Rose Hill gym, but, but I look at some of the losses on the road to Pacific and at Marquette against a very good Big East squad and at Yale – it seems like since those games, you guys have learned on the road against American and against Charlotte how to really play your game on the road. Speak to that a little bit, maybe in terms of how you guys have learned from those earlier road defeats. Well, I think um, specifically offensively, we've uh, picked up our transition game a lot. Mm-hmm. We're trying to push the ball a little harder offensively, attack the defense early on, get them on their heels. Um, and then, just as Aaron said, defense, defense, defense. I mean, that's something that you can control. That's a mentality. That's not something like shooting that you can't always control. So we're making sure that we focus on having a complete 40-minute game of strong defensive effort. 
Now, Mara, for you specific, a little bit older than everybody else on the team, 11 games left. And Kyle, I'm just going to, I'm not going to say the age. Yeah, we're on the air. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep it polite. There's a lady Thank here. You. So anyway, 11 games left. I know you were joking around on the plane the other day that you only have so many games left with that body of yours, but you weren't thinking, you weren't thinking about the postseason and what remains, but just talk to the fact that you have a little more wear and tear on your bones than some of the other girls on this team. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I've played at you know at two other universities who have always gone into postseason right. play. So I've been you know on the court for a little while now, <laughs> and I'm really excited to be able to bring my experience and things and leadership ability to Fordham. And I think that um, hopefully my uh, wisdom, we'll call it wisdom, <laughs> we'll call it wisdom. <laughs> hopefully my maturity. wisdom and, and maturity <laughs> will help to. Um, to it, just to continue to improve the team and to take us to new levels. Well, Mara, Aaron, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow going to Xavier. Thank you for having us. Okay, back here with head coach Stephanie Gately. So, coach, let's talk about yesterday's victory. Obviously, wasn't the best offensive performance for your team, but the defense certainly came through in the clutch. It was one of those classic Fordham games. That's what we said on the broadcast. So just reflect on your team's performance and getting a hard-fought victory against a good Richmond team. Well, I think again that's where we see a lot of maturity in this team in the in the in the past, at least more so last year than than this year, because I think we've grown a lot this year, is that when we weren't scoring it affected our defense. Last and last yesterday's game, you know, we had a stretch in the first half where we, you know, made a couple shots in a row and then they went one on a run and then both teams kinda kinda went stalemate and then, you know, we had a little bit of a lead at halftime and then the second half it was really a gut check time. Neither team shot well. Both teams struggled. I thought they did a great job of taking us out of what we wanted to do, and that, that, that you know we did a terrific job of taking them what they wanted to do. And I think it just be, really just became a chess match at the end. And you know I think South South made a difference, and I think the fact that our, our, our kids were tougher, I think, demonstrates and that has a lot to do with bringing it every day with our scout squad and and you know our white team. I mean we take pride in the kids on the bench, take great pride in, in bringing it every day so that you know they can make the starters the best they can be. So it was a complete team effort. Obviously, when you look at the guards defensively, had a pretty good game. The free throw line, a perfect 14 of 14, but from the field, the three starting guards, 5 of 28. A year ago, I don't think Fordham wins a game like this, but it seems like this team can persevere through that. Speak to to that a little bit about how your team is able to get through a a poor shooting performance like that from a lot of the the big-time scorers and still come out with a win. I mean, it's another you know step in, in in our growth as a team. I mean, you know, Aaron had been carrying us a little bit scoring wise, and obviously yesterday she struggled. I mean, she still was a factor defensively, but she, you know, she struggled offensively. But then you know, Mara picked up the pace, and 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 fortunately for us, you know, it was just who was going to have a couple more points at the end of the game. I mean, if you would think you're going to win a game in the 40s. You know, you you had to have played some incredible defense, and I think the difference for us was we were very focused defensively, and we also made some huge foul shots down the stretch because we were struggling to score from the field, and, and the points in the line didn't come easy. But you know, we were able to capitalize on. Now, coach, we've talked a lot about the short bench this year. Your starters played all over 35 minutes with two important games this week on the road. Do you have any worries about their condition and being able to bounce back for these games? No, to be honest, because we've done this for the last five games. I mean, we've been in this position for a while now, and um, we've been our, our kind of our hands been forced with the situation. And we go against the Xavier team, who's playing six players as well. I mean, so 
Um, some teams are hitting injuries or hitting illness at this point. And um, I think our kids, I, mean, I think Kelly Schaefer does a great job of getting our kids physically and mentally ready from a conditioning standpoint. And I think, you know, those kids are used to logging big minutes, especially last year's team. I mean, Abigail and, and, and um, Ace and Charlotte, I think, and, you know, Becky at that point, I think in the Atlantic 10, they were some of the top minute people that got the most minutes in the entire conference. So those, a lot of those kids are used to getting those minutes. And um, we're trying to give them breaks and, and, and kind of spread it out. It's hard to do when, when you don't have, you know, Christina and you don't have Emily. But I think, you know, Charlotte's come in and, and Karen's come in when we needed to to do what they need to do. And the starters have done a great job just staying, you know, mentally and physically sharp through the stretch. And, Coach, looking forward to this week, DJ talked about minutes. With Xavier, it, it might be easy to overlook them a little bit because they're just 6-11 and 11 this year. They're on a five-game losing streak, but they lost at Virginia against Ohio and Duquesne and then at Butler and at Charlotte in that, in that five-game losing streak. Those are, for the most part, pretty quality losses in my book. Do you think your team needs to make sure they get up for this game? Do you think there's a possible letdown looming? No, because I obviously quickly remind them of last year's game. We had an opportunity slip last year. We had a lead, a significant lead, with four minutes to go, and I don't think those kids have forgotten that game. And I think our kids, I mean, we, we really we haven't had um, history of success, so this is, you know, kind of a short-lived success right now, and the only way it becomes, you know, continuous is to bring it every single day. And so these kids certainly aren't going to rest on their laurels from the last couple of games. They they certainly understand the significance of this game. We don't look at records. We just see, you know, somebody stands between us being the top of the conference and being undefeated. Now, Coach, you may not look past this game, but I'll do it. Let's go to Sunday against Duquesne. <laughs> now, if your team is undefeated and Duquesne, what would that mean to you, and how intriguing a matchup do you think that would be? I think it would be just another interesting game midway through the season. I think it, I don't think you can make one game bigger than another because every game, you know, has a lot to do with, you know, what your seeding is. So um, even though, you know, you're playing one of the top teams, it, it really doesn't matter because if you drop one to the bottom team, it, it hurts you as much as if you drop one to the top team. Um, so to be honest, I haven't even looked that far. I mean, Duquesne's a very good team, another team that we had down the stretch and we had on the ropes and another team I think we should have beaten. But, Obviously, they're playing extremely well. I mean, they're beating people pretty bad. And, um, you know, for us, we're just still trying to, you know, find our identity. I think every game we gain more confidence. But, you know, we're certainly not looking past just getting better as a team tomorrow at practice and then getting ready for Xavier. And you talk about Duquesne obviously having a great start to the year. They beat West Virginia at the time, ranked 20th in the country by eight on the road in Morgantown. But I look at the Atlantic 10 standings, and obviously Duquesne, 3-0 and in conference, Dayton 3-0 and in conference and nationally ranked, St. Joe's is 2-0 and in conference, and the fourth undefeated team is Fordham at 3-0. and You talk about, obviously, this maybe being new for this squad, but how long do you think you can keep this going, and do you really worry about a perfect record? Oh, no. It, you don't even think that, because I think you, look past, like, you can't look past the next day. You know, so for us, we're not, you know, I mean, because if we do that, we make the mistake of early part of the season. We start off 5-0, and and then we hit a rough patch. I mean, for us, the goal is just get every, every day is our goal is to get better. You know, so if you start looking ahead and worrying about this or that, and I actually learned that when I was a young coach at Richmond. Um, Debbie Ryan was the head coach at the University of Virginia, and, and sometimes I, I was a young coach, and I'm looking at the schedule, and it was very daunting. I'm thinking, oh, my God, we've got Virginia, and then we have Georgetown, and then we have this and that. And she said, you can never look ahead. you just got to focus on that one day that, that you have 
that focus on the day, get better that day in practice, and then you know, everything will take care of itself. So I, I've used that. I thought it was very good wisdom, and, and, and I think that that's helped me a great deal to kind of live in the moment. Now, Coach, before we let you go, I know you're calling us today with a heavy heart. You lost somebody very important in your basketball career, your mentor. So just talk a little bit about him and how important he was, especially early on for you as a coach at Richmond. You know, I got to know Mr. Bernhardt. I was, I was 16 years old, and, and my, my cousin, um, his dad passed away, which was my dad's twin. And um, that's how I got to know Mr. Bernhardt because he was a boys' coach. And from there, a family, you know, friendship began. Uh, he coached in Philadelphia boys basketball, but he had a home in Ocean City, which is my hometown. And every year he'd bring down, it was an all-boys school, he'd bring down kids to play, you know, to play basketball and work down, down the shore in the summer. And through that, a friendship developed. And ever since then, like, he was the one, when I transferred from Delaware to Villanova, he coached the Villanova coach, Harry Breda, who's still currently the coach of Villanova, and, and he's the one that encouraged me to go play for Harry, which I did and had a great experience. And and then when I started off my coaching career, he's been with me every step of the way. I mean, even when I took the Richmond job, he flew down and, and you know, talked to the team, talked, you know, talked me through kind of just getting the program off the ground. And every single game that we've played, I've sent him a tape of every single game, and we would talk a couple times a week. Um, just to go over, you know, things we need to improve on and how we need to get better. And he was one of the most selfless people you ever met. Like, he, he didn't have a wife. He wasn't married. His parents passed away. To be honest, the only family he had was my husband and I. So we, we were kind of his kids. And um, we had a, you know, after our Morgan State game on December 16th, uh, we had a celebration for him uh, in Philadelphia where we recognized all his former players came back to recognize him for his 75th birthday. And then two days later, he died of a heart attack. And, I think, to be honest, that day was probably the greatest day in his life because he was not a man of many words and he was extremely humble. And I learned not just about basketball but about life from him, about, you know, he was just so genuine. And it, it, it certainly will make me, you know, as, as I get older and, and realize there will be some people maybe I'm in in the future, he gave me some great lessons to follow. And, and I think the world was a better place because of him being here. Well, Coach, we're glad you had one final night with him a few weeks ago. We send our sincerest condolences, and thanks so much for joining us here. We very much appreciate it. You're making your mentor proud this season. Thanks, guys. I appreciate all your support and look forward to seeing you in the near future as we go to Xavier. All righty. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Take care. All right. So that will do it for us here on the Stephanie Gately Show podcast. The executive producer of all WFEV sports broadcasts is Mr. Bob Ahrens. We got two games coming up this week. The first is Wednesday, Xavier against Fordham. 7 p.m. You can catch the one-on-one pregame report at 6.55 right here on WFUVsports.org. Then the Rams hit the road once again. They'll be at Duquesne Sunday. That's a 2 o'clock tip with the one-on-one pregame report at 1.55 only on WFUVsports.org. So for my partner in crime, Mike Watts, this is DJ Sixsmith. Have a great evening, everybody. The Stephanie Gately Show podcast is an exclusive production of WFUV Sports.